All right. Well, I don't know about you, but one of our favorite parts of Christmas is, uh, with our children especially, is, uh, is when you wake up in the morning and you get to open your presents. Kids, did you guys get to open presents this morning? If you, parents, if you had to get up before 5 o'clock, let me see a show of hands. Anybody? Ab- oh, wow. Uh, 4 o'clock? Anybody before 4? Oh, wow. Oh, wow. I'm just going to stop right there just to not to embarrass any children in the room. Yeah, I mean, I remember being a kid, and one of the funnest things was getting to wake up super early and tell mom and dad, come on, get out of bed. Let's go. Let's go open the presents. So this is my daughter, Ella Grace, and I thought uh, I would invite her up here because we had a good Christmas, right? Yeah. Is this working? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you got to open presents, right? Yeah. And um, you know more words than the word yeah, right? Yeah. Okay, thought so. <laughs> and uh, let's see here. So uh, I asked her to maybe tell you guys like what was one of her favorite presents, and she said... Everything. Yeah. See, she does know more words than yeah. And, uh, and so I said, well, maybe, maybe a couple of three. And so she actually brought some. So you want to tell everybody like maybe like your top three favorite gifts that you brought to church today? You want to tell, tell us what they are? Show us here. I'll hold this for a second. So walk us through it. What's the first one here? Um, you start with that one, yeah. Ava, the beanie boo. A beanie boo. Moms and dads, beanie boos. Hot ticket item here. Okay. Really cool. What's her name? Ava. Ava. Okay, let me hold this for a second. Who is this you're holding close right here? Who is this? Camille, the Willy Wisher. A Willy Wisher, yeah. See, that's that's fantastic. Some of you are getting a a, a, a girl gift education right now. We have a Beanie Boo and a Willy Wisher. <laughs> it was a Merry Christmas at our house. And what is this? Art, artist first sketchbook. And why did you want this for Christmas? Uh, I didn't ask for it. Santa just brought it. He just brought it. <laughs> is it maybe because you like to draw? Yeah. Okay. Whew. All right. <clears throat> It's always a surprise when Gracie comes on stage. Thank you, baby. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Didn't ask for that. <sighs> All right, Santa Claus, take notes. <laughs> I, I, think, I think I could speak for everybody in the room, right? Like when you're a kid, the funnest part of Christmas is getting gifts, and you just can't wait to see what Santa brought. To be fair, Ella Grace, you did ask Santa for a surprise, right? Yeah. So, surprise. Um, <laughs> I know, I know. But as you get older, I think this is true for a lot of us, that really the fun of Christmas isn't getting gifts. I mean, it is, it's always fun to get a gift. But the fun part of Christmas is getting to, to give the gifts, right? And then to watch, you know, your friends or your kids or those you love open the presents that you spent time thinking and, you know, working, you know, trying to figure out what they want for Christmas. And watching them open those presents is, for me at least, is one of the most fun parts of Christmas every, every year. Well, it shouldn't surprise us, and I, I know everyone in the room knows this is true, that this is also true of God. Like, God loves to give gifts. And he may be the greatest gift giver there ever was or ever will be. We know this. James, the, the brother of Jesus, said that, that, that God is the giver of every good and perfect gift. John, the closest friend, the closest disciple to Jesus, said that, that God so loved the world that he gave. He gave his one and only son. We know that God is, is the greatest giver of gifts. So it shouldn't surprise us. As we think about this story today that we're going to read the next part of the Jesus story, the next part of the Christmas story as wise men come, come to see Jesus, that the greatest gift that was given in this story wasn't given by these wise men. It was given by God. 
And I want to just share this one story with you and this one thought with you, and then we will we'll sing one more song and we'll pray and we'll go to Christmas lunch. But listen to the story told by Matthew. It's in Matthew 2, in verses 1 through 12. Listen to this part of the Christmas story. It says, Jesus was born in Bethlehem, in Judea, during the reign of King Herod. And about that time, some wise men from the eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem asking, where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star as it rose, and we have come to worship him. King Herod was deeply disturbed when he heard this, as was everyone in Jerusalem. So he called a meeting of the leading priests and teachers of the religious law and asked, where is the Messiah supposed to be born? In Bethlehem, in Judea, they said. For this is what the prophet wrote, And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not least among the ruling cities of Judah. For a ruler will come from you who will be the shepherd for my people Israel. Then Herod called for a private meeting with the wise men, and he learned from them the time when the star first appeared. And then he told them, Go to Bethlehem and search carefully for the child, and when you find him, come back and tell me so that I may go and worship him too. After this interview, the wise men went their way. And the star they had seen in the east guided them to Bethlehem. It went ahead of them and stopped over a place where the child was. And when they saw the star, they were filled with joy. They entered the house and, and, uh, they entered the house and saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasure chest and gave him gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. And when it was time to leave, they returned to their own country by another route. For God had warned them in a dream not to return to Herod. So the story, and you know the story, you've seen the nativity sets, you've seen the wise men, and it's always funny, there's always three wise men. There were three gifts. We don't know if there were two wise men or three wise men or ten wise men, but there were three gifts. But you see the picture of these men who had come from the distant eastern land. They follow the star to Bethlehem, and there they find Jesus. And they come, and they bring these gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh, these precious offerings, these precious gifts to Jesus, to Joseph, to Mary. But I think I think the greatest gift given in that moment wasn't the gold. The greatest gift given that day wasn't the frankincense. The greatest gift given to Mary and Joseph and Jesus that day wasn't the myrrh. I think the greatest gift given, if if you can rewind the story to verse 2, was what the wise men said when they came. They said, we have come to worship him. Worship who? Worship Jesus. Think about it for a minute. Never before in the history of time had this been possible. It had never been attainable. It had never even been conceivable. For, uh, up to this point in history, the people of God always worshipped an invisible God. They'd never seen him. They, they'd seen evidence of him, but they had never laid eyes on him. And here, all of a sudden, God is in the flesh. And these wise men come. And why do they come? They come to worship Jesus. They come to worship a tangible, touchable. They can see him. It's God in the flesh. And they get to come and worship. And it says when they entered the room where he was, that they bowed down and worshiped Jesus. And if you're asking me, the greatest gift of Christmas was the gift of worship. The greatest gift of Christmas was the gift of worship. And I think it's amazing that these first people that came to worship Jesus, think about it for a minute. They were outsiders, They don't really belong in the story. They shouldn't have been there. They shouldn't have been the first ones to worship the Son of God, right? They came from the eastern lands. They weren't a part of the people of God. They came from a distant place. They were outsiders. They didn't belong. 
But I think this is part of the gospel story. This is part of the good news for us. I mean, think about it. Have you ever felt like an outsider? Have you ever felt like you didn't belong? Have you ever felt like because of what you've done or what you've thought or where you've been that you couldn't worship Jesus? And yet the very first story of worship, the very first time we find anyone coming to worship God in the flesh, the very first scene that unfolds where Jesus receives worship, it's by people who didn't belong. It was by outsiders. It was by those who, who probably wouldn't have been welcome, but they were welcomed. Because like we've already said this morning at the table of the Lord, all are welcome. And that's evidence in the very first story of Christmas. That no matter who you are, what you've done or what you haven't done, no matter what you believe or what you think or where you've come from or what language you speak, that everyone is welcome to come and worship Jesus. And I don't know about you, but as I think about today, as I think about the gifts that we've given and the gifts that we've received, probably the greatest gift that any of us get to receive today is the gift of worship. That we get to join in with those who for centuries have sung these songs and proclaimed these truths. That Christ was born that we get to join in with the angels of heaven that are right now singing around the throne of God. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The earth is full of his glory. We get to sing that song today too because the worship of God, it never begins, it never ends, it never ceases. It goes on and on and on and on. And today we get to join in with that same song. And it is a gift. Worship is the greatest gift. It's, it's the answer for every problem. And I don't know if you've ever thought about this, but it really is. You got financial trouble? Come worship. You got health issues? Come worship. You got marriage problems? Come worship. You got trouble with your kids? Come worship. You got trouble back home? Come worship. Worship has a way of reorienting our lives, of recentering our lives, of reminding us who and who alone can save, who and who alone there is hope, who and who alone can can lead us out of the middle of the mess that we're in. There's only one. And I don't know if you've ever been there. It's happened for me more than once in my short life where I've come to a breaking point, a low point, the end of my rope, and all of a sudden I find myself alone or, or with a group of people or in some situation where, where worship is happening or maybe it's just in my car on the radio, I crank it up and I get lost in the song and it just has a way of, of breaking you and reminding you of reorienting and refocusing your life. It's the answer for everything because it reminds us It reminds us of who's in charge. And that's what we need. It's been said before, and I think it's really true. We all worship something. It's not about whether you worship or not. It doesn't matter whether you go to church or not or what you believe or what you don't believe. We all worship something. We all find something of value, and we ascribe worth to it. That's what worship is. The question has never been about if you worship, it's always been about what you worship. 
And we're really good at worshiping a lot of things. Careers, the size of our house, our cars, our kids, our image. But today, Christmas Day, it's a reminder. It's a reminder that we get to come and worship Jesus. He's here. He came near. He came here so we could gather near. We could gather here. And we could worship him. And that's, that's the invitation today. As you go from this place, as you gather around tables and you eat incredible food and you laugh and you pray and you play and you unpack and unwrap and get frustrated with how many cords tie those dolls down in those boxes. I don't know how they do that. I think they do it just to make parents mad. But as you do all those things, the invitation for you and me is to, to remember to remember that we get to worship Jesus. And it's the greatest gift. It's the greatest gift. So I'm gonna close this today in this one simple song. And after this, I'll say a simple prayer and we'll be dismissed from this place. But let's end our time together with this reminder that we have come. We've come to worship. We've come to adore Christ the Lord. Oh, come let us adore him. Oh, come let us adore him. Oh, come let us adore him, Christ the Lord. For he alone is worthy. For he alone is worthy. For he alone is worthy. pray. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of the Most High God, we come and we gather in this place to worship you. And we thank you that all of us are welcome. That all of us are welcome to come and to worship you, Jesus. That there's none of us today that can come in this place and for whatever reason that we might come up with or we might surmise are unwelcome. God, we don't make those rules you do, and you have said that all are welcome to come and worship you, and we thank you and we praise you that today we can do that. God, you are so good, and your love endures forever. And your love is evidenced in the fact that you're willing to send Jesus from heaven to earth to walk among us, to show show us what it is, to show us what it is to truly be human, to show us what it is to truly live the good life, to show us what it is to, to know you, We thank you so much for your son, Jesus, who came here to be among us, to be with us. 
and who is with us now. And I pray that as we go from this place that we would just carry on, we would continue on with the worship and the praise of your name. For you are good, and you are kind, and you are generous, and your love never ends. And we want to say today, as so many around the world turn their attention to you, we want to say today, God, thank you. Thank you for the greatest gift. Thank you for Jesus. We pray in his name. Amen. Thank you. You're dismissed.